This week on Mortgage Magnates, the podcast, we're talking all about centers of influence. What are centers of influence? Who are the best ones? And why your current list of centers of influence may not influence you at all. to the Mortgage Magnates, the podcast. This is episode number eight. I'm Chris Baker, and we're really excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for joining us this week. We have an important topic this week, and it's one that a lot of new brokers and agents uh, struggle with a little bit, but you might even find that if you've been in the business a little a little while now, your, your center of influence list has been kind of uh, aged, let's put it that way, and that you haven't maybe even addressed who's on that list in a very long time, but you could tell me and recite to me who your centers of influence are. And so we're going to talk a little bit about why that list itself may actually not be that effective for you. We'll also talk about what the center of influence is for those listening, uh, trying to discern what that might actually be, how to find the best ones, and then how to maintain that relationship so it's actually effective for you so you don't get that stale dated list. And just a little bit of background, I was doing a lot of training for an insurance company in Canada, one of the largest. It's now the largest as they've amalgamated under Canada Life. And one of the things that I was tasked with doing was training new advisors, financial advisors, on how to do their business, how to develop business, how to get started in the business, how to work off commission. So much the same as we do in the mortgage industry today. And one of the tasks that I I came up with was, uh, well, actually had to revamp entirely, was the approach to the center of influence, the COI. Uh, If you're in the U.S., a lot of times it's nominators. Uh, But either way, it's people who recommend you to clients so that you get more referrals and, of course, uh, more business. Now, one of the most frustrating things about the COI, well, there's a couple of things, I think, for most uh, new agents and even agents that have been doing this a long time, brokers who have been doing this a long time, uh, you get frustrated because the, the amount of, let's just say, junk clients that come through from centers of influence um, get a little bit daunting at times. And even though we all know that the best sale is a referral, because the best sale is a re- uh, best sale and those referral sales come from being pre-sold by the refer- referring source, right? So, so technically they're half sold. The problem is oftentimes your center of influence has no idea what you do or how you do it. And that is one of the challenges we'll address today. We also want to talk about who's on that list and and what they actually do for you. And and also, we want to talk about where you're getting them. So this is where we're going to start. The definition of a center of influence is something that I've seen time and again completely misunderstood. What is a center of influence? And if you walk into a mortgage broker's office, if you walk into an agent's office, you you can put it out there. Who are your centers of influence? Who are your COIs? And quite often, you'll get a list of names. You'll get lawyers, you'll get accountants, you'll get everybody under the sun that they met at a networking event. 
And the problem is then you go down and you go down that list. And, and this is the thing. If you're a coach out there, if you run a brokerage, this is something important to do. Don't just let agents tell you they have centers of influence and rhyme off names. It's most likely 90% not true. And it's not the agent's fault. It's not the broker's fault that they think that they have this person as a center of influence. After all, they were handed their business card at a recent networking event, right? So the, as far as they're concerned, this is a center of influence now. I have their business card. They're on my list. I have a lot of centers of influence and that's great. The problem is you don't. You have a contact. You have a name. You have a prospect that could refer you business. You do not, if you just have a business card, have a center of influence. And what's interesting is uh, when you sit down with a new agent or you sit down even with a veteran agent who has this big list of people that they say are centers of influence and they're saying, well, it's kind of funny because, you know, I never really get a referral from them or or I, I, you know, my business is struggling, but I have this list of 45 centers of influence. I don't know what's going wrong. And the reality is a couple of different things. One, most likely half of those names came from just being handed a business card after a brief two minute conversation at a, at a networking event. But then also you've probably got the issue of you never actually refer anything to them. They don't actually know specifically what you do. And don't be deceived. Saying you're a mortgage broker does not tell people what you do. In fact, it very, other than mortgages themselves, it really gives them no information on how you can help. So we'll discuss that in a second. But the other thing is understanding and believing in what a center of influence is and how important it is to your business is going to be the key here. So let's start with the definition. The center of influence is somebody who is within your network of individuals, referring individuals, not clients, that is able to influence your career in some way. Now let's let's talk about this for a second because not every center of influence has to be a referral source. Okay? So what we're what we're saying is, you know, they need to influence your career in some way. How do they influence your career in some way? Do you share coaching ideas? Do you share sales ideas? Do you share prospecting ideas with some realtors? Maybe some realtors are not referral sources, but they are people that you can kind of bounce ideas and sales items off of, right? Now, the other thing is they could also be referral sources, exactly what you want most centers of influence to be, but they actually have to be referring to you. And one of the best ways to get them to do that is by you referring to them as well. So if you're sitting there and you're looking at your, your center of influence list and thinking center of influence A and B and C and D haven't sent me anything in a while, kind of look in that mirror and find out, you know, did you send them anything in a while? And if you didn't, you're not their center of influence either. You're just an acquaintance. And therefore you have a full list of acquaintances and nothing more. So if you really believe you have a center of influence, you have to be able to understand not only how they influence your career, but how you influence theirs. And if it's not a reciprocal relationship, if you're not influencing theirs in just the same way as you expect them to influence yours, it's not a center of influence, it's an acquaintance. So understand what your COIs are first before you understand how to work them. You should have a database of COIs. Nobody's saying don't have them, but make sure they're effective for you and also importantly that you are effective for them. Now, once you have that, you can utilize this list and strategize with this list. Remembering too, that a center of influence doesn't have to refer you business. 
but you do need to meet with them on a regular basis for two reasons. They have to influence you in some way to be a center of influence. So again, if we go back and we say they're not a referral source, but they help me with sales tips, they prospect this way, I'm gonna prospect this way. We have regular coffee meetings, we have regular lunches, that's what we're doing to influence each other. That's still a center of influence. Or maybe they are a referral source, but you're referring to them as well, right? So now you've got your center of influence who's referring or is somehow influencing your career and you're doing exactly the same. Now you go through that list and you think, how do I leverage these people more? How do I make the, because we all know the referral is the best source of business. It's half sold when you get it. So how do I leverage these people? Well, here's number one. Number one is you've got to be in contact with them regularly. Whether you like it or not, whether they're a piece of business or not in your eyes, they really truly are. So the first thing is you have to get in contact with them. And that's not always asking for a referral, by the way. If you are are somebody who's very uncomfortable with asking for referrals, there's a completely opposite way to do it, where you'll still get referrals even though you haven't really asked. And that is giving that center of influence a complete and whole understanding of what you do. There's nothing more frustrating when you get a thrice bankrupt come in as a referral from a center of influence who has no job, who needs a mortgage. Because all that center of influence sees is mortgage broker, and all they see from mortgage broker is that you do subprime lending. You don't have prime prime products, right? And that's because there's a big misunderstanding out there in a lot of industries, in a lot of places, even among realtors, that you go to the bank for prime and that you go to mortgage brokers for everything else. And if you don't stop that, if you don't educate, 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 you're going to still get that same opinion every single time. So when you're looking at working your centers of influence, part of working them is meeting them to help them understand what you do. Talk to them about purchase plus improvements. Talk to them about some reasons to refi. Talk to them about different ways to do different sales that are prime, but also subprime, that you have access to private lending, but make sure they know the whole picture. And the better a center of influence knows your whole picture, the more likely they are to refer. Because when they run across a situation where they may be even turning a client away saying, you know, maybe now's not the right time for you to buy a house, you're just not in that position, uh, you might actually have a solution for them, whether it's the first first time home buyer's incentive or anything else that's out there that you know you can do, but the center of influence who's on that list, who's supposed to be your influence, doesn't have a clue, right? So you need to make sure they have that education. That way, if you're somebody who's not actively out there going, hey, refer any business to me that you've got, they're gonna do it anyway because they understand what you do. So if you have a good understanding, you've had a lunch with them recently, you've gone through exactly what it is you do, and they run across a client who doesn't isn't able to afford their dream home per se, but could easily, take one that's a little lesser and use purchase plus improvements to make that their dream home. Now, all of a sudden they go, right, Tom Smith, that mortgage broker, he does that. Now, in that case, you're going to get that referral anyway, whether you ask for it or not. And that is how you're going to develop that COI, making sure that if you're not a referral asker, you're still getting the referrals by educating centers of influence on what you do. Now, remember, this is a reciprocal street here. You gotta learn what they do too. If it's an accountant, learn all the different ways they can do accounting for maybe small businesses, corporations, individuals, 
individuals, whatever it is, learn it. Because in the same way they're going to help you, you're going to run across people who need that. Right? How many of you have run across a self-employed person who's an absolute mess and you have an accountant on your centers of influence list you could send them to to help clean up that mess that might make it even easier to do another deal down the road? Well, if you haven't had a chance to do that, you need to do that and find an accountant who knows what they're doing and you get taught what they do so that you know what you're looking for when you run across a client so you can be reciprocal in your referral relationship. Now, if you're somebody who directly asks for referrals, this is a two-way street as well. So you might be saying, well, you know what, Chris, it's, it doesn't matter because I do ask for referrals, so they don't need to know what I do. Absolutely, they need to know what you do. They still need to know what you do because they need to know you know how to do it. I'm not going to refer anybody to you if I don't have an understanding of what you're going to do or I don't even know if you're going to do it well. And so I need to know what you do. I need to hear your expertise. I need to hear that you drive the bus for my client I'm referring to referring to you, right? If you're not driving that bus and you don't have that knowledge and you don't have that industry knowledge, I'm probably not going to trust you over the broker down the street that does contact me on a regular basis, that does tell me what's new in their world, that does tell me exactly what they do. So center of influence development is not just a list of contacts you met at a networking event. It is literally something you have to develop. You have to put concerted effort into building this center of influence list to make it actually work for you. Now, beyond that, you have to reciprocate as well. So you need to spend some time learning what everybody does, as we said, so that they feel comfortable that you're going to refer to them. See, one of the things is you might be an asker of referrals and you might send somebody their way every once in a while. But what they, when they, what they truly know is when you are actually taking the time to learn their business as well, they know they're going to get good referrals from you. See, the better referrals come from knowledge. So whether you ask for referrals or not, or give referrals or not more directly than just the education side of it, educate you about what I do, educate about what you do, and hope referrals come, which they do tend to do that because of the education. But if you're the person that's more direct about it, you still need to educate both yourself and them because we all know the crap referrals we'll get if we don't do that, right? We talked about that thrice bankrupt earlier. If you want to stop getting referrals like that from your centers of influence, you still need to educate whether you're a direct asker or not. And it goes the same for referring to them because there's nothing worse for them to see that you don't understand their business and sent them a junk referral that they can't do anything with either. So the center of influence is really about a very big and long development of relationships. And, and not just relationships, knowledge. You need to know their business and you need to be able to refer back and forth. And that is going to be the key to the center of influence. Then understanding that your list right now maybe is a little weak. It's entirely possible that your list right now as a center of influence is, has actually got three centers of influence on it. 
And you might have 45 names there, but you have three centers of influence. And that's a problem because that is not going to help you grow your business. That is not going to help you to expand your network of people that you know and deal with on a regular basis. And let's face it, when you have an extensive and well-manicured center of influence list, you will exponentially expand your brand. Because this is where, even if you're not getting the referrals, and like I say, this is again where we go back. We're talking referrals initially. We're going back to the beginning when we say maybe a center of influence is all about knowledge only. Some of it is going to be that they just get to know you on a relationship side of things. They meet you once a month, twice a a quarter for lunches. And then they understand you, but they also understand your brand. And then you have a brand out in the community. The more you have centers of influence, but again, only true centers of influence. Handing somebody your business card does not a center of influence make. And so you need to work this list. If you've got that list and you know you have it in your contacts and your CRM right now, you're like, I've heard this before. I know I need to do this. You really need to do this because this is going to change your whole business for the rest of the year. You really need to work that center of influence list and work on those relationships. I'm sure there's also relationships in there that started out exactly how we're describing you should do it, and then you've kind of let it fall by the wayside. Now is the time to rekindle that. The industry has changed a lot, and you cannot rely on that first initial education session you've had with your center of influence as as a place where you're going to get referrals because you might not have told them about the new home buying incentive you might not have told them with the cm about the cmhc changes last year there's a lot of information that has to be exchanged to maintain this relationship and trust me no matter what industry they're in their industry changed too and you need to know that so if you've got a relationship where you're going chris you know i did all this the relationship's been great yeah i've let it fall by the wayside for about six months but eh, they know what i do they don't They don't. They have an idea and they probably have a better idea than somebody who just threw down a business card on their center of influence list for sure. But they still don't know what you do because you haven't updated them regularly. So this is the key to come out of this podcast and get working on that list. Make sure that you are absolutely working that list. And here's the other key. If you're working that list and the person doesn't want to meet with you, Get rid of them off the list. It's not a numbers game in centers of influence. It's a quality game. So if you've got them on that list and it's a realtor that, you know, you had a great relationship five years ago, you haven't worked it in a while, you're doing what we're, what we're saying here and you're working it, but that realtor has no intention of booking time with you or working with you again, get them off the list. It's not convenient for you to keep working a dead COI list. So make sure that you get them off the list. And if your COI list drops down to five from 35 when you do this exercise, all it means is it's time to go out and find new ones. It's time to go out and find and build new relationships. So that's the COI as far as the basics of your list and reworking it. One of the things you now need to do is understand relationships and understand the the concept of helping them understand what you do. And part of that, especially if you're in the scenario where you need to 
build some new centers of influence, you need to master your 30 second commercial. You really need to master your elevator speech because the elevator speech is done so incorrectly that, that if you master this, you're going to just be 10 times ahead of the broker down the street, of the banker down the street. So get it right. And that is, don't just say what you do. If you're at a networking event or, or and we'll talk about other places you can find centers of influence in a moment, but let's just leave it at a networking event for the moment. And you're there and you're all handing out business cards and you're having conversations. There's a couple of things you need to do to build these new centers of influence. One, you need to give them the, your full undivided attention. The problem with a lot of networking events is that people try to have too many conversations in one event. Yes, there's a lot of people there, but you're not meant to have 30, 20 second conversations at a networking event. If you think that's how you do it, you're wrong. The reality is you need to go to a networking event and have two to three high quality conversations. How many of you have been to a networking event where Mr. Networker or Mrs. Networker out there constantly has their eyes looking over your shoulder at the next conversation they're gonna have while pretending to listen to you? That is one of the most frustrating things to have on the receiving end, and you may not even know you're doing it on the giving end. So as you're describing, I'm a mortgage broker and this is what I do, and I can do refis, I can do purchases, I can do private deals, but people don't get a good understanding of, of what your your difference is and what you what difference you make because you're just constantly looking over their shoulder at who's the next person I'm gonna to talk to, who's the next business card I'm gonna get and throw out accidentally. You're not being effective at a networking event. So to build COIs, we now know how we, we define a COI. We now know how we have to build a relationship with a COI. The key is where do we get started? It's right here at these networking events and it's right here with your 30 second commercial. And your 30 second commercial needs to intrigue them because whether we tell you not to look over people's shoulders for the next great conversation or not, they're gonna do it because they haven't likely learned the same strategy. Now, why are we doing it with a 30 second commercial and, and not just what you do and, and just describing the product list you have? Number one, that's boring. Number two, everybody thinks they know what a mortgage broker does. So the moment you say I'm a mortgage broker, you lose their attention a little bit, even if they're not looking over your shoulder yet. Because when you have their, their attention, they're gonna actually know and wanna develop a relationship with you. When you say I'm a mortgage broker, I do purchases, I do refis, I do uh, you know private deals, things like that. Eventually they're gonna, and not even eventually, probably instantly in their head, they're going, okay, I know what this person does. So I'm gonna look over their shoulder now and see, okay, that looks like a lawyer or somebody over there I gotta connect with. That's not gonna work. They've now tuned you out. Anything else you say in that conversation is gone. You're gonna say, here's my business card. They're gonna say, here's my business card. Yeah, let's do coffee some other time. But I've now forgotten all about you because I'm on my way to the next person. You've told me something I already, I already thought I knew. So when you use a good elevator speech, which does not mention exactly what you do, you intrigue them. So leave out the mortgage broker and just tell them you help Canadians or you help people in the GTA with achieving their home ownership dreams or you, whatever your, your elevator speech is to get their attention. That kind of leaves out, it needs to leave out the, the, the job you do. If I sit there and go, I'm Chris Baker, president and CEO of Mortgage Magnates, that's great. But they're gonna assume I'm a mortgage broker. 
And they're going to assume they've heard everything they need to hear. Well, I'm not. Mortgage Magnates is completely different. And even though it has the word mortgage in it, you don't know what I do. So, so I need to come in and say, I run a streaming service that's exclusively for mortgage brokers that helps, to, helps them to understand and share ideas and helps brokers help other brokers to be successful in their business. What you want from that is for them to go tell me more. Your goal with your 30 second commercial or your elevator speech is to intrigue them to ask, tell me more. And instead of telling them more right now, because you know they may be looking over your shoulder, book the appointment right there. Book the coffee, book the lunch, book whatever it's going to be, book it. Because now you have them enough that you're going to actually book that. Pull out your phones, get it in your calendars, book a coffee, start this center of influence relationship. If you have a truly good 30-second commercial and we have a session that's on Mortgage Magnates right now, if you want to subscribe, you can subscribe to Mortgage Magnates. It is actually an animated session, but it's a really good one on how to develop your 30-second commercial and a, and a really, truly effective elevator speech in this exact way. Because it's this way that you will get their attention and it's this way that they're going to say, tell me more. And the moment you hear that, or tell me a little bit about that. You say, let's book a coffee, let's book a lunch, let's get this in more detail. Then you get away from that setting of the network event. And you need to, because again, like I say, even if we're teaching you not to look over other people's shoulders and have two to three really good conversations before you get the business card, they might not be the ones that know how to do that as well. So they might actually be looking over your shoulder. So intrigue them, get them to say, tell me some more, and then book that appointment. And from there, you're going to go to that lunch, you're going to go to that coffee, you're going to not just make them a, a name on your list. Yes, you have the business card, but you also now have an appointment. You also now have a lunch. You also now have a coffee to go and sit down with them. And now you have success because now you are sitting there with something tangible that could create an actual center of influence, somebody who influences your career. Not only have you created that, but with that appointment, you've got the opportunity to actually tell them more, which they asked you to do, at that coffee or lunch, which educates them on exactly what you do. And when you do that, they're going to know exactly who to refer to you, and therefore they become a true center of influence. For more on that, go on to mortgagemagnates.com, read, uh, not read, sorry, watch the, the session on centers of influence and, and elevating that elevator speech that you have. And you'll truly, truly get a ton of great stuff on how to create that elevator speech to, to get that attention and to create that center of influence. So centers of influence are extremely important to your business, but they've got to be actual good centers of influence. They have to actually influence your career and you need to influence their career as well. That's it for this episode, episode number eight of Mortgage Magnates, the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We have a new guest next week, so we're really excited about that. In fact, we've got a couple of weeks of guests coming up, so make sure you tune in to that. That'll be episode nine ne next week. Don't forget to listen to our past guests as well, as this is now episode eight, so there's about seven other episodes you can listen to. Uh, we've got Finmo. We've got 100 Brokers Who Care. We've got TMG's Mike Rogozinski, who's the, 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 the uh, <laughs> living 
breathing elf on the shelf. So lots of great guests from the past. We got new ones coming up as well. Really, really excited about that. Thanks for joining us this week. This has been Mortgage Magnates, the podcast. We'll see you again next week. 